Still, whenever I think about it, I'm amazed by the way people in the village accepted me, in all my difference and otherness. The different clothes I wear, the different attitudes and behaviors with which I carry myself that must seem strange to them, as well as the different opinions they sometimes knew and sometimes only guessed I have. The way they included and accepted me is unparalleled. Me, sleeping alone in a room, eating with a spoon, or showering in the toilet instead of the open shower. I was allowed to have dinner sitting with the men as well as being able to sit with the women in the kitchen, amusing them with my pathetic roti-making skills. The way I was allowed to ask questions or do headstands and arm wrestling with the kids is a tribute to the openness that was brought forward towards me. I think there's something so utterly beautiful in two parties meeting at the level of pure openness and tolerance. There is a certain knowledge and understanding of two others that can only be gained in a space of mutual respect. I am in awe of the power of such encounters to create long-lasting impacts and changes within us. Welcome to In Between. In this episode, I'm going to talk about a trip I took to Bihar, where one of my informants for my research, who has become a really good friend by now, has invited me to see his village, to meet his family, and to get a feel for the place where he grew up. Um, I'm going to speak about this trip, but I'll not speak too much about my research or not speak too much about uh, his family and everything, because I feel like there's something quite, some quite intimate insights which I got there and also I feel like I have to first think about it and process it and see how I'm going to deal with it in my research. So in that sense this episode is more about certain moments that sparked certain thoughts on the trip about yeah certain experiences I would like to share. The journey started in an airport in a small city in, in the Indian state of Bihar. Already when I got out of the plane, they, they announced that our luggage will be on the uh, luggage tray number one. And uh, when I reached the small hall, I realized there's only one luggage tray anyway. And uh, my friend told me that I should stay inside the hall because they were running late. And uh, more and more people left and soon it was only me left in the hall. And at some point he told me, okay, you can come out now. There is like a concrete space in front of the airport and we're going to pick you up from there. So I stepped outside and there was like this huge concrete space. And I was kind of standing in the middle of it or like walking across it. And everyone was looking at me and probably everyone was thinking like, what is this girl doing here and who is going to pick her up? And eventually my friend arrived, plus another common friend of us. And uh, we hugged and it was so nice to see each other after so many months. And um, it was funny already in the rickshaw, which we took, uh, one of our, our common friends started working on his laptop and having meetings while we were speeding through the lanes in the rickshaw. Our first stop was uh, the house of my friend's sister. And uh, when we got in there, there were so many kids, especially 
all were guys except for one uh, really cute, really shy girl. And uh, the kids were really, they were kind of too shy to talk to me, too amazed to talk to me. And it was very interesting. We got served a lot of food and the kids were putting up all the food. And after we finished eating, they would take all the cutlery and everything away. Like they were like so decent. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we were like really hosted really well with so much food and so much chai and Already when we got there, like immediately my friends would like sit down, start working on their laptops, everyone would get comfortable. And there is something I've been thinking a lot about India. And I'm not sure if it's a difference between Switzerland and India or between my own home and uh, how I grew up in my own home and what I'm seeing in India. But it has to do with formality. And I'm still not completely able to express it as good as I would like to, but... It has to do with the fact that somehow things, when you call someone home, are a lot more formal at home. In the sense that, I don't know, they, you sit in formal chairs and uh, dinner is already ready or you'll have an aparo and there's already some snacks and you sit on the sofa and then you talk and, and all of this. While here, a lot of times I realize that you just slip in. You just, we just went inside, everyone was doing their thing. They were not, I mean, they were noticing us and feeding us a great deal of amazing food. But it's like not not taking that much notice. It's way more informal or a family kind of a way to exist, even though you are a guest. Or it's something I also thought a lot of times when my friends would, for example, tell me in Delhi, oh, you're always so well-dressed. And in a sense, it's true that I grew up thinking that when I leave the house, my hair should be done, my... I should wear proper clothes, my makeup should be done. And it's true that a lot of my Indian friends, I've only seen them in their pajamas or their trainers. And it's like, uh, yeah, it took me a while to understand why they say that I'm always so properly dressed. But I don't know, there is something so informal about it, so natural. Maybe it's the close proximity in which people live that doesn't leave much space for pretending but there is something in there which I enjoy a lot and which is somehow really different. But I'm not really able to express it well yet. After a while, we went for a walk outside and uh, yeah, we were walking. We heard a lot of Bihari music and like I realized that this region really has not seen many white foreigners and one cute moment was when we went, when we uh, saw a cart full of fox nuts and I was like, oh, what is this? And then we wanted to buy some and the the seller, he gave them to me for free because uh, yeah, I'm a guest and I've come from so far and that was kind of so cute. And uh, then we went back and we had chai. And already in the morning when we arrived there, like people kept pouring in, like neighbors and friends of my friend's sister and all kinds of people. And they always told me, oh, someone has come to meet you. But it became clear to me very soon that they have not come to meet me, but to see me or to look at me in a sense. 
And also uh, her kids would have loved to take me to school with them and show me to everyone. And yeah, a lot of people came and kept putting in and most of them came to make take selfies with me, which uh, was very weird for me in the first place because I actually speak Hindi. I don't speak their local language, but we have Hindi as a language to communicate. And still a lot of people just came to take pictures, but not even really to talk to me and just to see me. And it was quite strange and uh One incident that really sparked a lot of thoughts was when a neighbor came, a younger woman, and it started when she tried to take pictures of me all the time. And I felt very uncomfortable in this situation of being like a model or something. And I told her, like, please don't take pictures of me alone. It feels really weird. Or I felt a bit like an animal in the zoo. And uh, she was like, okay, okay, and took a lot of selfies with me. And then at some point, she made a video call to her mother-in-law and put the... Uh, screen in a way that only I was visible and obviously the mother-in-law was like who is this and she was like oh see I'm in America and like making all of these jokes and I felt so uncomfortable and she was already dialing the next number to call and I got really I don't know inside I was so uncomfortable and very angry and uh, my friends noticed and they told them to stop and tried to explain to the sister like please Tanya please uncomfortable let's stop this and They couldn't understand it. They kept saying, yeah, but they don't have any bad intentions, you know, like there's no bad intentions. And I was like, yeah, I know, <laughs> but it still is weird for me. And uh, and it's interesting that the kids were so shy to talk to me, right? And we have talked about how shy they are all the time, but somehow people couldn't understand that their behavior would create the same shyness within me. But it was also very interesting to talk to these, especially many young ladies which came which were like uh, 10 years younger than me already had two kids and it was interesting how these mothers in many ways you know like they have already had so so much more experience than me in certain aspects like having kids and running a family at the same time they seemed like teenagers like uh, creating tiktok videos or videos for instagram with their kids and and cheesy music and all of this and it was very very interesting to talk to them and they were so open also to talk about their lives at some point which I really enjoyed and uh, another thing I have to get used to is that families are so much bigger here <laughs> when if so it's normal that someone has like eight children or whatever countless cousins and till the end I wasn't sure who is actually living in this house and who is just visiting and uh, it's interesting how it's very hard for me I don't know how things work so different. There's always something happening and it's very, very different for me how family life is lived here. On the next day, we rented a car and we were uh, driving towards uh, the village of my friend. Already in the car, he told me like, oh, don't worry, in the village people will be a lot more humble. They won't take any selfies, don't worry. And uh, so we brought up the whole issue again. And he kept telling me that, you know, people here are not so sanitized. They don't know the notion of privacy. And then our common friend stepped in and he made a Marxist, but very val Marxist point, but very valid point and said... Uh, But don't you think that has to do with the material structure? Like, 
look at how the material surrounding is of these people like uh, when three four people sleep in a room no one has his own or his or her own room like how should you learn about privacy with such a material surrounding which is very true of course but then i kept saying like it's not privacy necessarily which this thing is about it's more protection of data or the way that people deal with taking pictures and i kind of try to explain them that like uh, on a scale india and switzerland are kind of opposite poles in the sense that switzerland has a very very high laws when it comes to privacy and data protection when it comes it's not allowed to take a picture of someone without their consent not to publish that picture without their consent and i remember how when we used to do promotion pictures for our acro yoga classes how we would ask the consent of the people we would build a circle everyone would close their eyes and we would say if someone is not okay with being on our pictures then please raise your hands so that only we knew and no one else knew so that's kind of privacy data protection however you want to call it also the fact that a lot of prominent people feel comfortable in switzerland because they are not they can move more freely and all of this there there is something there and it was very interesting for me that there was something inside me some socialization which in the sense that it felt like an insult to me i don't know i felt insulted but when i reflected about it a bit more i realized it has to do with my socialization how i got socialized in switzerland when it comes to these privacy things to these kind of things and it's not as they say there's no bad intentions and it's also not their fault that it's so hard for me to like i don't know to to see it as no bad intention and it's very interesting it has been a very long time since i've kind of hit a, a socialization boundary where where my socialization is so different from another place and it's hard for me to wrap my head around and it was a very interesting struggle kind of to experience for me and um later after the trip there was a moment when we talked about the same incident again and uh my friend told me like you know it also has to do with the fact that people here don't know the meaning of being not comfortable as a kid a lot of times someone forced us to do things and we didn't like them or we didn't have a word for that feeling or a name for it that feeling of not being comfortable and uh when he told his sister that Tanya feels not comfortable with this that's also the same thing she didn't understand what he meant by not comfortable because people don't have any bad intentions of course so we were talking about this and then uh, yeah then i put my attention more to the landscape which was like flying by outside of the car and for one and a half hours we saw different fields and uh, a lot of them were um mustard fields which were yellow and beautiful it was very green and lush and markets and brick fabrics and gardens and so many trees banana trees it was beautiful so many houses and villages ponds and at one point there was like one of my favorite bollywood songs playing which is like a a song from a 90s bollywood movie which was translated in german which i watched as a teenager and when that song came and i had this scenery rushing by i was like wow <laughs> this really feels like a dream come true somehow when we got to the village uh 
in the house where my informant's father and mother live, where he grew up. There were lots of girls there, many nieces and uh, the wives of his brothers and so on. And uh, it was a beautiful house with several stories. There were like a lot of pigeons. There was a a big place in front of the house with a lot of chairs where people would sit and uh, a small kitchen, two washrooms, an open washing area and... Uh, yeah, very soon I ended up with all the girls sitting on a bed and for the first time I was talking to them a little bit. They were also shy and I was also shy because, uh, yeah, will I understand their Hindi? Will they understand me and all? And one conversation like which, I don't know, kept running over and over again in my mind was this when I asked them first about their favorite subject in, stu in school, in which standard are they and all of that. And then I asked them, yeah, after school, what do you want to become? And one girl straightly said, uh, I want to become a policewoman. And I was like, I was so surprised. And then she said, yeah, she wants to make an impact and uh, change life for women. And But she said that her father has uh, forbidden her to follow this plan. But she wants to become a teacher now instead to have the same kind of impact. And it was so beautiful and unexpected kind of to hear that. And uh, one more thing which I think is the reason why I got so close to my friend's family in such a short time was also the fact that they just, his brother just died around the same time when my mother passed away. So in their family, they also just lost someone and uh, were dealing with the aftermath of death just as much as we were dealing with it. And somehow they felt this. I mean, they knew it, but they also felt it. And somehow it, it contributed to us connecting a lot faster or deeper than maybe it would have been otherwise and there was one moment when one girl she was about 13 I think um, told me like you know I like like we talked about how my family is so small compared to theirs and uh, they, she said like you know I like big families because if someone dies you still have others and that was such a sad moment or such a deep moment when I was like wow you're only 13 and that's what you have gathered from life like crazy and uh, at that moment I was called to come outside to the bonfire where the men were standing and talking about politics and uh, my friend talked a lot to me in English about politics and no one else understood anything but they were like nodding and, and like uh, agreeing with him and yeah I realized that he has really he's the only one who speaks English and has or confidently so at least and yeah, that he has come very far, ventured very far outside of this place where he grew up. On the next day, something started which uh, would be happening every day from now on, meaning that a lot of uh, relatives and friends and other village people would like uh, call my friend and tell him like, can the foreigner, the the English, <laughs> the Englishman, how they called me. Can she also come to our house to eat? Can she have chai at our house? We also want to host her. And uh, so we went from house to house. I was being fed so much food. People were so nice and I had to drink so much chai. And yeah, we talked a lot, but it was also sometimes a bit uh, tiring for me because I did not know all of these people a lot of times they did not really talk to me, but again, just stare at me. Because really, I think no foreigner has ever 
or no white foreigner at least has ever come to that to this village and I remember a lot of times because of Perda, because of like uh, genders being separated and there is a certain rule about which men, men cannot see the wives of certain other male relatives and, and so on. So there a lot of times the women were in a separate room and many times I got pushed into that room and my friends said like, okay, talk to them. And a lot of times I found myself seated in a plastic chair facing a bed where like about a dozen women of all ages from children to old aunties were sitting and just looking at me. No one would say a word and I would sit there like super awkwardly and uh, the whole attention would be on me and I would be like uh, then kind of creating the whole conversation by myself and I would say like, oh, um, okay. What do you grow in your fields? What did you cook for dinner? Uh, in which standard are you? What is your favorite subject? And people would just, the girls and women would just look at me and giggle. And sometimes someone would answer, but a lot of times not. And once um, a teenage girl told me, like, this must be really weird for you, isn't it? And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was interesting, exhausting, but at the same time, I felt this huge mm, gratefulness, especially that I was allowed to be part of both worlds in the sense that I could be, I could eat with the men, ask a lot of questions. And it was also interesting in these moments, like all the women of the house of my friend would serve us food and they would take the trays, like would take the cutlery and everything away after we have eaten. And later, like before that, I would sit with them in the kitchen and like make rotis together with them. And they would joke and say like, oh, it looks like the map of India. It's not round. And my other male friend, like our common friend, also sat in the kitchen with us. And he told me that in his last visit, he barely saw the wives of um, our friend's brothers. And he was not allowed in the kitchen or he couldn't go to the kitchen. And now he could because I was there. Like I was kind of breaking a lot of barriers somehow. And every evening after dinner, after having dinner with the men, I would go and sit in the room with the women and talk and all of this. So I don't know. I was very grateful that I was able to transcend these boundaries or these worlds, which I think as an outsider, I could do that. But for other people, it's not that easy. But uh, my favorite part of the day was always uh, sitting after dinner with the women, with all the women of the house uh, on the bed. And like, uh, since it was really cold, we would all be cuddled, huddled under, together under one blanket. And uh, the kids would always come closer and closer on me uh, to me until they were nearly sitting on my lap and sitting on me. And we would talk like endlessly. We would talk about makeup, about clothes. They would show me all the photos of beautiful weddings and other functions which they attended and where they were really doled up. And uh, the younger girls would show me YouTube videos of some pop songs or hip-hop songs, Hindi songs, which uh, somehow through the few phones in the house made it to the village. And uh, we talked a lot about what it means to be a woman here and there. We talked a lot about death. Uh, it was also beautiful how we over a few days, like learned how to communicate with each other. Like they realized they have to speak slow and not use their local expressions, like but proper Hindi. And uh, I understood like also one or two girls who really were good in like explaining things more simple if I didn't get it. So we kind of found our own way to talk, which was really nice. And 
it was so cute how every day they would wait to like uh, be able to talk to me in the evening and we all cherished this time so much and it was also beautiful especially the older women they were so I don't know, formal and all in the beginning and later they would make so much fun and jokes and laugh and I don't know, I, also in the very beginning one of these women, she just hugged me and I didn't, by that point we hadn't really spoken so much but it it was so cute how I was able to connect with all of them. Like I so much enjoyed this time also and it was funny, one evening so they had this idea that they would like to decorate my hands and forearms with henna and I was like, okay, if you want to do it, we can do that. And then one of the older women said, oh, but maybe you need your friend's permission, like the permission of uh, the guy who brought me here. And I was like, permission? Like, no, why? And then I said like, yeah, but he's not my husband. I don't need his permission. And then the women laughed and they were like, you're right. You're completely right. Do everything you want to do before marriage. And uh, then we talked a lot about life after marriage that, um, I don't know, some of them would like to wear more lipsticks, but their husbands don't like it and they cannot do it. Or uh, especially the woman who had just lost her husband, my friend's brother, that after death you're not allowed to wear jewelry and any makeup or anything and it was so beautiful how I was accepted just the way I was like no one was telling me don't do this do this be more chaste be more this and also they never asked me if I am married or I'm going to marry which was also very interesting because I'm so used to this question all the time so it was so beautiful the way that I got accepted and on one evening I wrote about these evening gatherings which I had with these women a lot of times. Some experiences are so wholesome that it's difficult to convey their immense beauty. The henna that is still decorating my hands and forearms while I'm writing this is one of the best examples. How to explain the warmth I felt huddled together under one blanket with a dozen women of all ages that have turned from strangers into friends and sisters in just a few days. Each hand resting on one of the younger girls' laps, where it is being decorated with great dedication and talent, while the older ladies, so formal and shy in the beginning, pull my leg and giggle. Day after day, we sat together like this, discussing life lived as a woman here in the village and there in this foreign world where I come from, sharing worries, hopes and dreams until the henna patterns are finished. How to explain the warmth I felt when the younger girls pulling my sleeve ran up to the roof with me for the henna to dry in the sun, how they made sure it's not getting spoiled and insist on spoon-feeding me my breakfast in order to not ruin it. How to explain the warmth I felt when a dozen tiny hands helped me rub off the dried henna from my arms and each day women confirmed that indeed the color has turned out beautiful. How to convey the way my heart feels, full, whole and warm. Every morning, like I was nearly standing in my bed when like uh, the call to prayer was coming and because it was so loud because the mosque was just right next to the house. In general, like the rhythm of the village was very different, you know, like sleeping, sleeping early, 
and waking up early and sometimes it was hard for me like just living into the day and my friends were just working on their laptops living into the day not doing much a lot of eating which was hard for a restless soul like me and the same day we were like going outside to see a pond in which uh, my friend has told me the story so many times how he taught himself swimming in the pond and when we were going there so many kids were behind us and uh, uh even when we went back it was like we almost had to shut the gate of the house because like paparazzi so many people also whenever i went on the roof all people would come on their roofs as well to look at me and yeah it's uh, it was quite crazy <laughs> Um, we also spent a lot of time on the roof, actually sitting there, working in the sun because it was cold, and you need to enjoy the sunny hours outside. And uh, it was interesting how the neighbors of my friend would always play music or radio through a microphone, so that the whole neighborhood would listen to it, and that the whole day. So after a while, I even knew the songs. <laughs> and uh, he told us that one day they complained and the neighbors who are Hindus, while my friend's family are Muslim, they said like, yeah, but you have your call to prayer like five times a day. So we can also, <laughs> where it's also loud, so we can also have our own music. And these little quarrels and uh, friendships were also really interesting. Or for example, I always had this question, what about the man who sings the call to prayer? What if he oversleeps one day? And then my friend said, no, nah, no, nah, that doesn't happen because they're is a Hindu guy who leads the morning puja, like the morning ritual for Hindus. And uh, he sometimes calls the guy who sings the asan and tells him like, oh, it's time to, we are almost done with our puja. Like it's time for you to go up and <laughs> wake up and sing the asan. So these kind of friendships and neighborly quarrels in the village like seemed very interesting to me. It was also cute how my friend's mother and father, to whom I've not talked that much, Behind my back were inquiring about me every day. Has she slept well? Has she eaten well? And that was also so cute. On that day, we also like were walking through the village. We saw the mosque, the the madrasa, the Quranic school, the public school. And my friend, he knew a lot of people. And like, I was also so surprised that whenever we went to go into to places of my friend's relatives, all the doors were always open. We just went in there, talked to them a little bit. And he would always say, yeah, yeah, we'll come back and have a chai later. And sometimes we never came back. And uh, we also visited the gardens, um, which belongs to my friend's family. There were lychee trees and mango trees. And then we took a walk on the fields. And that was so beautiful because like, I don't know, dawn was slowly rising. It, it looked like fog over these green fields with some yellow patches in them. And it was so beautiful like so peaceful and beautiful and also some kind of agriculture things which I've never seen like agriculture with animals <laughs> and it was really beautiful and for me a lot of his stories a lot of the stories he told me which uh, were like happening in the village suddenly there was a background to it there were images to it to the Quranic school the mosque and everything and that was yeah that was like a very magical thing somehow I also realized that in my friend's family, there are a lot of very strong women, especially his sisters, like who help people, they are respected, people look up to them. And 
that a lot of their lives are very rural, very much dominated by working on the fields. They showed me their cows. They taught me a lot about agriculture and how things are done. And I realized how different, for example, the lives of his older sisters are compared to the life of his youngest sister in the city where we were staying first. And just because of the fact that they had married different husbands. For my research, a lot of things I was able to realize there. Where is he coming from? And a lot of things got clear to me by meeting his family and seeing the surroundings in which he grew up. And uh, also, especially how far he ventured out, that became really clear to me during that trip. After like six days, we went home. We took a train journey to Delhi. And in that train, we had a lot of interesting conversations as well, which I would like to share. Our common friend told me that, you know, at one point, you kind of looked like the daughter-in-law has arrived in the village. The henna, they also had bought me a kind of shawl, which was really beautiful. And he was like, you really looked like uh, the daughter-in-law has arrived. And I was like, yeah, I was all the time thinking, like, what if the people think I'm in some kind of love relationship with our friend? And uh, what if they think back, bad about him? And then our friend laughed and he was like, <laughs> he, he was like, you know what? The people in the village didn't even ask me about this because they decided like... Uh, that girl has come from Europe. She earns so much and uh, it, it's impossible that she would want to be together with a, with a guy from the village, a dark-skinned guy from the village with Quranic school educations. Like that can't be like, she must have come just to see the village. That was the people's interpretation and uh, which was so sad and so strange also. And I remember once his mother asked him, yeah, but Tanya calls you and our other common friend. She must be calling you brother, right? So you have a brother-sister relationship. And I was like, uh, my friend was like, no, we have a friendship, you know, a Western friendship where friendships between men and women don't have to be brother-sister relationships. They can be just friendships. And he told me like, you know, with... The people have never seen this before. Maybe there will be some change. It will change them or it, it will change some of their opinions or ideas. And uh, my other friend always told me the whole time, like, oh, you are, you know, the gateway to another world for these people. And uh, I also shared with them the fact that a lot of times being invited to so many houses, having chai there, but not really being talked to, not really... I don't know, it was hard for me sometimes to not understand it as something superficial. And it took me a long time to find out why I felt that way. And my friends kind of told me, you know, you're a celebrity here. I mean, if like someone really special or high ranking would come to your place, wouldn't you invite that person in for chai or food? And I was like, no, <laughs> in Switzerland, things don't work like this. Calling someone home is a very intimate thing, which you do with friends and people you're close to after you have known them for a while. Like Madonna could be standing outside my door. I would not call her in for food. Neither would I call my country's leaders in. <laughs> like not at all. And 
they said like no no here it's very different these hierarchies are very ingrained and it was interesting how for me it was hard to not find it superficial again something in my socialization which I was like struggling with and I love these moments because they are like you learn so much and yeah they made me again see my society from outside why we do things the things we do how we do them in a certain way and we believe that's the only way and like all of these things And uh, while we were being in the train and uh, <laughs> uh, my friends were sleeping in the morning and I was the only one awake, I wrote the following piece. I'm feeling it again, this huge sense of gratitude for the precious friendships I only formed last year. For the way people made me part of their lives, included me, called me for chai, walks and talks. The way I got to spend time in their spaces and thought worlds and the way I was able to share my own with them. Being let into a life, a past and a mind, for me, will always be an experience of unparalleled beauty. Mm-hmm.